Well, welcome to the first episode of the Hitchhiker's Guide to ESG Investing. Uh, my name is Kamsan Silpachai, Vice President of Research and Portfolio Strategy here at Sage. I focus on ESG as well as macro strategy. I'm here with Emma Smith. So Emma, do you want to introduce yourself? So I'm Emma Smith. I am an ESG research analyst and I spend my days researching companies, researching ETFs, um, basically all on the ESG side of things. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. I mean, just um, the amount of you know, traction that ESG has been receiving just in the last 12 months at least in ETF land, it's been a perfect storm for ESG. And there's been three major trends that we think have contributed to it. Um, first, you've seen enough of a track record um, for investors. I mean, you just look at the last three years, you know, 4Q18, negative 20% drawdown in equities, one of the best years ever in equity markets in 2019. And, you know, I'm talking all risk assets, you know, corporate bonds did super well. Um, in 2019 as well. And then obviously in 2020, we had, you know, just halfway through, we've had more events than we could count, namely the COVID crisis and the shutdown, you know, a 35% drawdown in equities, then a recovery to the tune of 40 plus percent. So you've, you've had enough events to judge an ESG strategy over that time period. Absolutely. And same on the fixed income side. I mean, over, you know, the crisis, we've seen, we saw that ESG fixed income strategies outperformed their conventional counterparts by a significant amount. Um, And it really, really showed that proof is in the pudding that there is a significant amount of downside protection, a significant amount of risk protection, which is what you're looking for in fixed income. You're a risk manager. You're looking to, you know, protect on your downside. Most often you're looking for more of that sleep well money. And so um, it really did provide that kind of cushion to the, the wild ride that we saw quarter one. Right. You know, within the second big trend um, after, you know, a sufficient amount of performance within ESG strategies is the fact that you now you have a breadth of strategies that an investor can choose from. When ETFs launched um, in ESG in the mid-2000s, it was really only U.S. equities. Now you can do international equities, you can go emerging market within the fixed income side. You know, there's corporate bonds, there's green bonds. So you know, much there's, selection. Oh, yeah. totally. And I think, I mean, I'm, I think we're, you know, starting to see things like emerging market debt and high yield. Right. Yeah. Um, so agreed that the, the, the amount of selection in terms of fixed income ETFs, you know, alone is, is vastly different than three years ago. And I really think that it came about with a better toolkit that we had to be able to look into what the issuers are actually performing like as far as the ESG perspective. I mean, we've been doing this for a very long time, but I would say over the last several years, the data and the disclosure has become so much more uh, easy to access. Um, we're able to see into you know private companies as well as public companies, which really was a problem in the past and it's opening up now because I think issuers, companies, um, they're looking at trends. They're looking at demand overall and they're seeing that consumers of, you know, their their debt or, you know, their equity are, are wanting to see this different side of them, see the ESG side of them. They want to have more disclosure. You can see it from all kinds of shareholder proposals that are out there. Yeah, I, th- I think, you know, you're, you're exactly right. I mean, I think the, when I think about the third trend, you know, just to kind of segue is that 
now it, you know investors are more values focused than ever before and you know it's not just investors you look society wide you know the way that consumers are consuming um you know whether it's clothes um really any product and service you know the the brand value is really dependent on um the kind of values of the company oftentimes and i think it's no different in 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 esg you couple that with you know like like i said the performance and also kind of the breadth of uh, strategies that you now have access to we call it a perfect storm it took esg etf so the first etf was launched in 2006 um it took about five years or actually two years to go from zero to one billion in assets so you know two years go to one yeah. billion to go from one to five billion it took 12 years and then 18 months later we're here at 20 25 billion so the <laughs> growth has been literally parabolic right um however esg equity assets only represent less than a percent so 0.8 percent of total equity etf assets so mm -hmm. just to kind of put it in perspective um still a, t a tremendous amount of growth um you know as of april 30th um ETF, ESG ET, equity ETFs represented 30% of the flow into uh, into equity ETF. So that's that's huge. I mean, I just think that that, that number is striking. Yeah. Um, and and in, and in fixed income, um, not as robust, but we think- No, I was going to say yeah. we have a smaller part of the, a little bit smaller part of the, the pie there in fixed income, but um, I still see growth. Um, even over the you know the last couple of years, I've seen the growth in just the amount of fixed income options that we personally have to invest in. So I just see it continuing. It might be a little bit behind its equity counterpart, but I think definitely going to see it continuing and, and growing. Yeah, no, and and I totally agree. Um, you look at the AUM of ESG fixed income, only 0.1% of total AUM for ESG ETFs and fixed income you know, a tremendous growth opportunity. So I think that, mm -hmm. you know, as you see flows into this space and the in, in kind of more product launches, more strategy launches, yeah. this number will grow. So something something super interesting and, you know, it's going to permeate really into a lot of different areas as well. I mean, um, you know, it started with institutions. You're starting to see it flow in, into kind of, you know, private wealth, retail sector in terms of investors. And then I think you'll start to see it go across different types of investment systems, such as uh, defined contributions of 401k plans. And I think that kind of blends into what you were talking about a little bit about, you know, the change in values-based investing becoming more important. And I think something that we've taken a look at, I mean, you and I personally have taken a look at and, and Sage has taken a look at is basically the shift in, you know, wealth transfer to to the millennial uh, group that, that's happening. And, and and I also think the, the millennial group obviously utilizes divine contribution plans uh, greatly as, as a part of their retirement plan, uh, retirement savings plan. And so um, having more options in the 401ks, in the divine contribution plans, only serve the millennial group that utilizes them so strongly even better. I mean, I think if you put more options in there, you would see a great uptick in investment in um, ESG ETFs. Definitely. And so let me wrap up. You know, I think 
like I said, three factors and three trends contributing to the growth of ESG assets and ETFs. First, you have enough performance um, of track record of, of a lot of these ETFs across a lot of different market uh, environments for Q18 drawdown, a bull market in 2019, and obviously what's going on this year during the COVID crisis. Um, the second one is the the improvement and an increase of breadth of of opportunities and selection within ESG strategies in ETF land. And then third, the rise in values-based investing. To keep up with us, check us out on our LinkedIn page, Sage Advisory, or Instagram at Sage Advisory. And uh, we look forward to um, you know, having you tune in for future episodes. Thanks. Sage Advisory Services is a registered investment advisor that provides investment management services for a variety of institutions and high net worth individuals. This podcast is for informational purposes only and is not intended as investment advice or an offer or solicitation with respect to the purchase or sale of any security, strategy, or an investment product. Investors should make their own decisions on investment strategies based on their specific investment objectives and financial circumstances. All investments contain risk and may lose value. Past performance is not a guarantee of future results. For additional information on Sage and its investment management services, please view our website at www.sageadvisory.com or refer to our form ADV, which is available upon request by calling 512-327-527. 5530.